You're listening to the pulpit of Marion Avenue Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us for today's message. For additional resources, you can visit us online at marionavenuebaptist.com or by calling 855-825-4113. The truth will make you free. Genesis 39. Keep your Bible handy and ready because we're going to turn to 2 Samuel in just a moment. Would you stand to your feet when you found your place? We have an honored guest here who's done well. If you know the history of the horn, it is the turkey. The turkey has done well this year. He's right over here and he stayed in the whole day this morning and he didn't gobble at me. I think he likes my preaching more than dad. That's not a slam to dad because it's just turkeys that like my preaching. All right, Genesis 39. How many of you remember the turkey? See, dad left him up here. He was setting himself up for failure in all the turkey jokes. However, people are already texting me pictures during church of those horns right on my head. Now, what kind of idiot, demented, has to wait till I line up, Shannon, uh, has to line up to where I have horns? Seriously. What else are they going to frame me in? I'm I'm worried. But I do have an axe and a gun. (laughs) So, all right. Genesis 39, let's begin reading in verse number 1. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Isn't that a powerful passage, verse number 2? His master saw that the Lord was with him. There's a whole message right there that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight and he served him and he made him overseer over his house and all that he had he put into his hand. It came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer over his house in, this, in his house and over all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. The blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand and he knew not all he had saved the bread which he did eat. Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. It came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph and she said, lie with me. The adulteress will always hunt for the precious life Proverbs teaches us. Verse 8 says, but he refused and said unto his master's wife, behold, my master wotteth not what is with me in the house and he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. Verse 9, there is none greater in the house than I. Wow, most people would think that was a statement of pride. It was the greatest statement of thanksgiving in his life. There is none greater in this house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and what? Sin against God. Would you look at Second Samuel chapter 12 and the same 1 through 9, just like we just read. But Second Samuel, and then we'll pray and be seated. Second Samuel chapter 12. In verse 1 through 9, we find the story of David and we've come to the chapter of his repentance. Nathan's been sent by God to deliver the net message from God and he uses a story to paint the picture. The story is about the man who had one little lamb, the other man who had a lot of sheep and how the man with a lot of sheep took and stole and killed the man, the man that had the one little lamb. David was enraged because people that are angry and enraged and always pointing out things usually have some of the same seeds of sin in their own backyard. The Bible says that Nathan said in 
Verse number 5, David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. And he said to Nathan, as the Lord liveth, the man that hath done this thing shall surely die. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. And Nathan, God's prophet, Nathan said to David, thou art the man. Can you imagine standing there seeing the big reveal? Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I, am anointed, I anointed thee king over Israel. I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul. I gave thee thy master's house and thy master's wives into thy bosom and gave thee the house of Israel and of Judah. And if that had been too little, I would moreover have given unto thee such and such things. Wherefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? Thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword and hast taken his wife to be thy wife and hast slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. Joseph, a great victory. David, a great failure. Why? We'll see that from the scriptures. God, please speak to me. I need it desperately as we head into this unknown season. Father, I pray that you'd work in our lives. Feed us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Genesis 39, how can that I do this great wickedness and sin against God? 2 Samuel chapter 12 and verse 13, and David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. David was so blinded. Why? Because of one thing. David had a gratitude failure. Joseph had a gratitude victory. For the next few minutes, that's what I want to preach about. A gratitude victory. The cure all for everything. Everything that ills you has this cure. Just like the old medicine man that says it's all right there in that bottle. There is a bottle in the Word of God. There is a way, a path, a truth, a gift an avenue, a vehicle, a road that God says, here's the cure-all for all that ails you. And that is the attitude of gratitude or a heart of thankfulness. A filled heart from God giving out to God in daily, charactered, committed praise. There's no greater, in the Scriptures, there's no greater attack against Satan and praise to God than a grateful heart. The entire success of your Christian life, the entire uh, 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 success of your fullness of joy uh, by way of, 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 of the, the true joy, unspeakable and full of glory, will all be contingent upon your gratitude. It's that big. From cover to cover, hundreds of times in the Bible, we see the truth, the example, the stories, the, 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 the conviction of gratitude that we are to have in our life. Number one, gratitude, victory, and that's what we're preaching about, is victory over sin. Young guys, if you'll look up here for just a moment, all over the room, children, if you'll listen, I know there's a lot to look at, but one day you're going to find and feel the sting of sin. And you're going to realize that it shortchanges you, that the devil promises a lot, but he delivers little of good and lots of bad. And that sin will always bring baggage and sin and stain and tears and broken dreams shattered laying on the floor all around you in the mess of life. And tonight God gives you power. God gives you victory in the form of thankfulness and gratefulness. Here it is, sir. If you run off with another woman, you're going to have to pick a day that you didn't get on your knees and say thank you to God for the wife that He's given you. I didn't say thank you for everything about your wife. I said thank you in everything about your wife. I didn't say that your wife is the greatest thing since uh, lemonade. I said that you're thankful that you have a wife that God 
gave you a wife. You're going to have to pick a different day, ma'am, to attack your husband with that tongue. You're going to have to choose a different day than the day that you were thankful to him with a heart of gratitude, not out of feeling, but out of character to open your big mouth just like you heard when we began to pray together. It was a little mumble which greatly discouraged my heart but then got a little encouragement as we began to break into more of an attitude of gratitude out of a mouth of praise. And we as Christians have to be like Sammy Allen, one of the greatest, most joyful Christians that you've ever met. Many of you heard him preach here. He just died this, this summer, 2020. Sammy Allen, so filled with the Spirit, so grateful. My dad flew with him on an airplane. I remember him telling the story. My dad said when I flew with him, we were getting off the plane and he stopped and he went up in the cockpit. And this is just what he did. You say, oh, he's eccentric. Oh, he just, no, he chose to have an attitude. He said, man, I want to thank you. That was a good flight. I want to thank you. And they just looked at him like, what, you've come in from Mars? You just flew the airplane. I think we ought to be grateful. Then he walked out and there's that little old gal standing there with the vest, with the wheelchair, waiting for somebody to get off. You've seen them if you've ever flown, the little service uh, ladies. And, and he said, I just want to thank you for what you do. Somebody back in there is relying upon you. Wow, thank you. This looks great. What a testimony. And then walked off and there's somebody pecking away at a keyboard and my dad's just following like a little puppy. Like, what in the world? And I want to thank you for all day long you have to hear garbage coming out of all of our mouths and the stress and the pressure and I just want to thank you. And then he comes by and he's thanking the guy who's mopping the floor. And the, He said, look, 5,000 of us walked through this Atlanta airport and I just want to say I'm thankful that I don't have to walk on, a, on an ugly, dirty floor. And all the way, I mean, from the baggage claim to the car, got in the car, sat down, looked at my dad and said, boy, isn't God good? Isn't God good? The flowing of that dead sea had been unstopped and was flowing and there was joy in the heart. And let me tell you something, a man like that, sure he's still red-blooded and stir, sure he's still flesh, but you got an authentic Christian right there. You got a Christian that's not a hypocrite. You got a Christian that you don't have to worry about and hold your wallet or worry about, is he going to cheat me? Is he going to lie to me? Is he going to, why? Because when you're grateful to Almighty God and you practice it with the character on purpose speaking saying it on purpose, flowing it out, uh, 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 choosing it each and every day, you are shielding yourself from sin. Children, you're going to have to choose to live in rebellion on another day than the day that you chose Thanksgiving. You're going to have to decide, young Aaron, if I can, or Bingham children, or Berg children, you're going to have to decide a different day to disrespect mom and dad than the, than the day you said, I'm glad I've got a mom and dad sitting on a pew. Young people, you're going to have to choose a different day to live in fornication and sin, putting your hands where they do not belong and your heart where it does not belong apart from Him than the day that you went down on a knee before you went to work early one morning and says, God, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for grace. You're going to have to choose a different day to be unforgiving to somebody than the day that you're thankful for His forgiveness for you. You're being delivered the greatest gift in all the world for freedom tonight. If only you say, I can't forgive them. I didn't say that. I said, you be thankful to God and you'll see something happen in your life. Well, I can't. Why can't you? Because the vicious cycle of bondage has come in your life. We are revealing a great test. I am a physician, if you will, in the room, in the room running a test on you right now. And some of you are realizing, uh-oh, 
got problems, that if you have a problem coming before God tonight, it, whether it's out on some country gravel road, in your car driving home, or by your bedside, or in an old-fashioned altar, or in the bathroom when you go to wipe the tears out of your eyes, or wash your hands, or go outside to get in your vehicle, if you can't say, God, I just want to stop and just say, thank you. I just want to say, Thank you. You're going to have to choose a different day to harbor and, and, and water the seeds of bitterness. You're going to have to choose a different day than the day that you came in thankfulness. And so therefore, we see the power of thanksgiving, that cure-all for all that ails you, the, the gratitude victory that comes in your life. This, know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. The devil loves perilous times. This is his method of operation. He loves chaos and confusion because God is not the author of confusion. And he loves confusion and he loves division. House divided against itself cannot stand. And so he's the author of perilous times. And look what happens. He said men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedience to parents, unthankful, unholy. Holiness never lives in an unthankful heart. And ingratitude never lives in a holy heart. And when you speak thankfulness, I don't know, apart from just reading the Scriptures out loud in, 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 in genuine uh, love for God and, and belief of, of Scriptures, I don't know of anything that dispels satanic influences in your home, in your marriage, than speaking gratitude. This is why homes are falling apart and marriages are at each other's throat and children are rebellious and things are tense is because we're simply not taking something. It's like the nose on our face. Like, could it be it? Could it be it? You can't be an inauthentic Christian and a truly grateful Christian. Wow, that is so rich. I mean, you're saying all I've got to do is learn gratitude day by day by day by day. Thank you, God, for this morning. This is the day that you have made. Thank you, God, for this food. Not here, here, here I lay me down to sleep. I pray my God to keep. And uh, Lord, thank you for this turkey and I'll get the football. And, but no, just like you heard, didn't you love that old man and the recording? Lord, we are truly grateful. That's what I'm talking about is the victory, the gratitude victory that we need in our lives. Nathan had to point out to him what Joseph already knew. Wow, think about that. Just let that process for a little bit. Nathan the prophet had to point out to King David what Joseph already knew. And David's so blind and Nathan had, hey bub, wake up here you turkey. God has given you everything and if that had been too little, He would have given you and the only time this phrase in this way, in this context is mentioned in the Bible, such and such things. You are pressed down, running over. You're so rich. But David had become like we had become even in small town Washington, Iowa or Marion Avenue Baptist Church. We had gathered all the stressors and the pressures and the wealth and the love of money and the things that we had not paused to say, God, you are good. You are great. We worship you. We truly love you. Young people, if you truly want to have a blessed life, I beg of you to listen. Begin to have the attitude of gratitude and you'll have the victory of gratitude. Gratitude, victory. It's the cure-all for everything that ails all. A lady attended a church like this many years ago. True story. She began to catch the attention of another married man in the church. and They began to make eyes at one another and Sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. And that she found herself singing in a hotel room the first time she had ever done anything like that, the first morning. And this man that she had 
done this abominable fornication with, had gone out to get some breakfast and she's sitting in a cheap hotel in a distant state, many, many, many miles and hours drive away from her home. And she woke up, swung her legs out on the side of the bed and there was that mirror. She looked in the mirror and for the first time in a long time she says, God, what have I done? I've got a husband who loves me. I've got children who love me. I, I guess I just never saw it till this morning. I have people who pray for me and who care for me. What have I done? She went down to a gas station pay phone. She didn't want to go back. She was scared. She, didn't, she, she was just out of her mind. And she, all she knew to do was call the, the number that she knew and that was home. And a voice picked up and it had been weeping and crying. And it was the voice of her husband. And she says, it's me. It was silent. He didn't say a word. Of course, broken and all kinds of emotions as we can only imagine. And she says, look, I, I, I'm not asking for anything other than for you just to send somebody. You know, you can call people in the church. Can somebody come and get me? And, and I'll live with them. I'll, I'll, but just please call somebody. Here's where I am. And it was silent for the long time. And she just about hung up the phone. Her heart was trembling. And she thought about how ungrateful she had been that had taken that shield down and entered into the baggage and scars that come when we enter into sin. We silent for a long time and the voice on the other end, broken with tears, says, well, I know of a man that truly does love you, though he's really hurt and confused and maybe even a little bit angry, but I know of a man that loves you. I know of some children that need a mom. I know of some Christians that would pray for you and counsel you if you'd be willing and come in a spirit of humility. That I know of a church that might pick you up and help you out. She began to weep. She says, I'll be there as quickly as I can. They arranged a ride for her to get back home. She rang the doorbell on her knees. He came to the door with a big grin and says, Woman, what are you doing? She says, I'm not worthy to stand in your presence. He said, get off your knees. And when she stood up, he just swallowed her up with love. And she says, and began to talk about it. She said, and he put her, his finger on her lips and he says, unless we're talking to the pastor, not another word. Not another word. Not another word. I love you. We're going to get through this. And everything's okay. You say, wow, she had a moment of gratitude. You know what the greatest picture of gratitude was? The husband back home that says, God's forgiven me. God's loved me. Every time that I have strayed, God has been there. Oh, he's not down in the hotel. He's standing against it. He's thundering out against it. God's saying, don't go, don't go, don't go. But he's the prodigal on the front porch. And the attitude of gratitude allowed victory of gratitude and a reconciliation. You're going to have to decide to be covetous on a day when you've been grateful. You're going to have to pick another day than the day that you've been grateful to God. All the materialism around us piled up to us. You're going to have to pick a different day to have a covetous complaining. You know what the opposite of Thanksgiving is? It's complaining and God hates it. 
any complaining. And I've been so guilty of it. I walked into the restaurant today with, with Isaac, where he had his wife. And, and the restaurant, I've been many times, my wife and I walked in, and, and they were forceful about putting a mask on. And I'm, I've eaten there all summer. They've never said anything about it. And, and I did it. I, trust me, you've got to be careful. I know these ladies and these people in there, and, and we're trying to win to them. So I smiled. I said, okay, do you have one? And they couldn't find one. So I went out to the car and got one off the floorboard. And he wore one that his wife had lipstick on. There you are. But, uh, and I went and sat down, and the first thing out of my mouth was, this is ridiculous. We take it off when we sit down, and I mean, it's just crazy. But I was convicted, legitimately convicted, because I was saying it in front of them. And then I thought, I'm saying it in front of God. Complaining of any kind is not of God. And the devil has all this culture and climate today designed so all we do is complain because when we complain the shield is gone from sin and this is why people enter into sin gratitude failure or gratitude victory it's the cure-all for everything that ails you it's victory over doubt look at psalm 78 and we'll be quick psalm 78 if you will see the scripture psalm 78 joseph had a gratitude victory david had a gratitude failure Nathan had to point out to David what Joseph already knew because he lived a life of gratitude. Psalm 78 and verse 9 says this. Psalm 78 and verse number 9. The children of Ephraim being armed and carrying bows turned back in the day of battle. <clears throat> they kept not the covenant of God and refused to walk in His law. Forgot His works and His wonders that He had showed them. Marvelous things did He in the sight of their fathers. Verse 12. In the land of Egypt, in the field of Zoan, he divided the sea. And he goes on talking, verse 13, 14, and 15, what he did. Verse 16, he brought the streams also out of the rock. Verse 17, and they sinned yet more against him by provoking the Most High in the wilderness. And they tempted God in their heart by asking meat for their lust. Verse 19 says, don't miss it, this is what I want you to see. Yea, they spake against God. They said, here it is, don't miss it. Can God furnish a table in the wilderness. Now do you see why they spake against God? Why they turned back in the day of battle? Why they sinned and sinned and sinned and sinned and sinned? Because verse number 19 was the big thermometer. It was the big reveal moment. It was the catching themselves uh, unclothed, if you will. Uh-oh! Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? I love Harold B. Seitler's message. Can God? God can. God can. God can, God did. You crazies? Read the verses 18 and 17 and 16 and 14 and 15 and the waters parting and the great exodus from, from Egypt and all of the victories. Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Victory over doubt. We live in a generation of Christians who profess Christianity, but it's just a form. I beg, I crave, I plead, I cry, I preach. You hear it almost every message. Let's strive and seek to be an authentic church that doesn't just know the psalm of the shepherd, but the shepherd of the psalm. Not the God of the church, but the, not the church of God, but the God of the church. To be real, to be true, to be spirit-filled, to lay down all of our materialism and our wants and our differences and, our, and I don't mean being ecumenical uh, and slaughtering doctrine I'm talking about just realizing who we are in God's eyes and God's sight and who he is and loving him and being revived being revived number three gratitude is victory over discontentment 
Godliness with contentment is great gain. Do you know a grateful person is more happy with things that are less than an ungrateful person with things that are more? You take my father-in-law driving that van, Jerry, with half a million miles on it. Y'all remember that? This was my dad's, my father-in-law's pride and joy. It was this old beast of a van, whatever it was, you know, those big, I can't remember the name of them, but not the 15-passenger vans, but conversion van, you know, and it was the green bomb, and he drove that thing everywhere, half a million miles. He was so grateful for that thing. He told everybody about it, and when you got in with him, it was like you were walking into the Holy of Holies. I mean, the curtains parted. You know those old curtains in the back of those things. You know, the curtains parted, and you sit down. I rode with him. I went to Canada with him, and I rode with him, and he'd ride. He was so thankful for this thing. Watch this. I've seen videos of 18-year-old kids in Dubai driving all kinds of cars, that, that you couldn't hardly pronounce. And they're shrugging their shoulder. They're suicidal. They're literally jumping off these buildings and splatting dead because they have nothing to live for. They're getting in these cars. It's nothing to me. A Rolls Royce? And here's Steve Epley. <laughs> Beverly Hill. Oh, I love this thing. Oh, it's so great. Why? Because gratitude gives you victory over discontentment. Gratitude is the cure-all for everything that ails you. Uncle Buddy Robertson, a great old preacher, old Nazarene preacher, years and years, 100 years ago, 80 years ago, they took him on a tour of Miami, and he's from down south, and uh, he went down to the big city of Miami, and they thought they were going to impress him with all the restaurants and sights and sounds, and he got back home, and they said, what did you think? He shrugged, shrugged, and he said this, and it's quoted of him, I didn't see anything I wanted. I didn't see anything I wanted. Don't miss the statement. You cannot sell the world to a grateful heart. Woo! Happiness is not getting what you want. It's wanting what you get. Harold B. Seitler always had this statement. He said it everywhere he went. I have need of nothing. 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 The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not. I have need of nothing. May that be our motto. I have need of nothing. My wife and my sister were talking about our children. And certainly we all have issues. But they were bragging on them a little bit. And I was just listening. Here's what they said. Rachel said, because my kids don't go in the stores and watch the commercials on TV, when we ask them what they want for their birthday, they can't thank. And Charity said, oh, that's amazing too. Because we don't let our children just run through the aisles at Walmart and watch all the commercials. You know, they got all this. Here's what happens is this. When you are thankful for what you have and not always seeing the greatest and the latest, you have a contented heart. You know why the kids want more and more and more and more? is because literally you turn on the TV for two seconds or the tablet and there's buy this, buy that, and all the commercials and all the... But gratitude victory is victory over discontentment. Charles Spurgeon had a member who was sinking, they used to call it. And he writes... He walked into the room and she was spitting up blood and he said, Oh, Miss Jones, is that blood? She looked up with a big smile and says, Well, Spurgeon, it ain't tobacco. <laughs> you can't stop a thankful person. A thankful person doesn't run out of gas. A thankful person never goes bankrupt. A thankful person never backslides. I mean, it's a job. You took my children. You took my wife. You took my job. You took my house. You took my heart. My, 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 my joy. All of these things. But I've still got a good God. That's what he said. I've still got a good God. 
a thankful heart, you'll never find a depressed, thankful person. Ever. And I have been there. I know what I'm talking about. I love God. I love my wife. I know, but I've gone through seasons of depression. I think some of it was health. But even then, I was unthankful and ungrateful. And if I could ever cross over into opening my mouth and beginning just to begin to praise God, it's gone. It cannot coincide. It cannot fellowship together. Last but not least, victory over death. That's what gratitude victory is. We've got a home in heaven. He says, wherefore, beloved, comfort one another with these words. Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for ye know that your labor is not in vain. John R. Rice had somebody stick a gun in his big, uh, not his big belly, but in his belly. He said, I'm going to shoot you. And he looked down. No, excuse me. He said, I'm going to blow your brains out. And Dr. Rice laughed, you know, like, oh, my brains are there. He said, sir, sir, you, you can't scare me with heaven. Because a Christian who's grateful looking for that blessed hope, that truly believes, I've got a mansion just over the hilltop. I love that old song, build me a castle. I can't sing it. I'd try. Just build me a castle. Oh, man, I love that song. I don't know it, but I love it. <laughs> the lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Daily open verbal gratitude is probably the most greatest defense against the satanic attack. When Jacob was leaving his brother, and I close, I'm, I'm just cutting, cutting to the end here. When Jacob was leaving his older brother, he built an altar, altar and called it Bethel when he wrestled with God and the ladder and all of that. <clears throat> God then later wanted Jacob to go back to Bethel. And when Jacob went back and met with God and his life was changed, Jacob goes back to Bethel and this time he calls it El Bethel. How many of you know what Bethel means? Bethel means house of God. How many of you know what El Bethel means? God of the house. Here's what happened. Are you ready? When God sent him back to Bethel, he built that altar. And he calls it El Bethel because his attention had shifted from the blessings of God to the God of the blessings. And when we make that shift at this old-fashioned altar, we will have a victory that will overcome 2020. A boy was looking in the window of a car in Chicago, gorgeous, wealthy, high-end car. A businessman came running out of the office thought he was, hey, stop, what are you doing? He said, oh, mister, I'm just looking in there. He said, uh, how much is this car? And he told him hundreds of thousands, however much it was, and Oh, he was shocked, and he's looking in there, and the, old, the, the, the businessman said, Son, let me tell you about this car. I don't make enough money for this car, but let me tell you, I've got the most wealthiest brother in all of the city, and my brother bought me this car. Little boy looking through the window said, I, I wish, I, I wish. He says, I know, I know, you wish you had a brother like that, don't you? He said, No, mister, I wish I was a brother like that. That comes from a grateful heart. I am in need of nothing. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I'm trying to land this plane. Horatio Spafford lost his business in the Chicago fire. Lost his son to sickness. Ready to go to England. He has to stay behind. Stress and pressure. Businessmen you know. It comes clouding in on him. Crowding in on him. His wife leaves with his two daughters. The ship sinks and he receives the telegram that says these two words, saved alone. 
He grabs the ship to set sail and they stopped at the exact place where that ship had gone down and it went quiet. There they anchored. He walks out in that sunrise and stands at the bow of that ship and only from a grateful heart he could sing when peace like a river attendeth my way when sorrow like sea billows roll whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say it is well it is well with my soul would you stand to your feet come and do business with God as you come and kneel and say God I, I say it I proclaim it would you sing with me when peace like a river attendeth my way. When peace like... Come and do business with God. Move. Don't wait. Get a revived heart. Endeth my way. When sorrows like sea billows roll. Whatever my life. Thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with It is well, it is well with my soul. With my soul, it is well, it is well with my soul. Many of us have never understood that song, maybe until tonight. Victory, gratitude, victory. Though Satan should buffet, Though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless estate. And hath shed his own blood for my soul. My sin, all the bliss of this glory. We are literally giving thanksgiving to God. My sin, all the... Sing it out. Bliss. Praise the Lord, oh, my soul, it is well.
And Lord, haste the day, the final closing chorus. And Lord, haste the day. That's thankfulness. Thank God He's coming back for us. He'll set it all aright. The clouds be rolled back. The clouds be rolled back as the sky. The It is well. Sing it with me. Beautiful. With my soul, it is well. It is well with my soul. Lord, as we pause this week and have some time off on Thursday, maybe a couple of people have Friday off too, may we be truly grateful. May we pause around the table, gather hands, look at one another, and express out loud our gratitude. May we not be so selfish that awkwardness, selfishness, sin, ingratitude would get in the way of the greatest cure-all for the world around us and the truth that you've given to us. Lord, I pray that you'd please help us to practice and exercise, starting tonight, the opposite of complaining, a grateful, grateful heart. And please truly revive us in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to invite Lawson DeWolf to come to the platform. He is our boys winner for the costume contest, and Sophia Kane. And we had an independent judge with no children, no grandchildren, no connection. And they judged. Would you all come up here? Everybody worked so hard. All of you. Come on, Sophie. Come on up here. Come on up here. All of you worked hard. And we are going to give you that. And Mama wants to take a picture. Try to get the horns behind her head. All right. Wait, 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 wait. Come on up here. You got to stand right here by the horn, the two winners. Come on up here, Lawson. And here comes it. He doesn't want to. If he doesn't want to, I don't want to make him. But hey, you get a nice candy bar. It's all right. Let's give. There we go. He's coming. He's a coming. Let's give them both a big round of applause. You want to take that back to them right back there. Pumpkin pies are right over here at the Welcome Center, not downstairs. We moved them up there. Children, come. If you come to the platform, you need to be with your parent. Otherwise, you can stay down there. The turkey's right over there. It'll stay there. You can come up here. If you're with your parent, you can come up for a picture. And then just help us. Just like if you were uh, you know, somewhere getting a picture out and about at a photo spot, just take turns, Okay. And I would recommend you doing this. Get a picture with your family standing in front of the horn because the years will pass on and you'll love to look back and remember this Thanksgiving. All of God's people said, my heart has been blessed. God bless you and you are dismissed. We'll put some media online for you to share on our new website and online you are dismissed.